This yeah. isn't hoping against hope here. This isn't you know praying to whatever God you believe in that he can eventually learn to hit. This is, if you're the Twins, hopeful that he translates the numbers he put up in the minor leagues to the major leagues. This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. It's a beautiful game, Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. I didn't know they still had a team. That's baseball. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Whoa, 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 time out, Wetmore, time out. Producer, what? time What's out. Up? Stop the music, stop the music. It's the holiday season, it's festive, Christmas music. We need, we need some music that sort of lifts our spirits here on the Touch em All podcast. What are you suggesting, Phil? Just a little, like, a little tweak in our, in our musical choice for this week. Are you ready? Oh, what a bomb that was last night, boys. What a shot it was. Swinging and drive. Oh, the pitcher on the mound is frightened. Anxiety is heightened, and since there's no place to throw, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, and it doesn't show signs of stopping, and the twins are wild card shopping, Miguel's putting on a show, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, oh the fans in the crowd get tight, when the pitcher falls behind two and oh, Miguel swings with all his might. Over the fence, there it goes. Oh, the baseballs are still flying. His power, there's no denying. Oh, Miguel, we love you so. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Can you believe how far that ball went last night, boys? He got all of that one. That was a bomb. Oh, the hamstring looks like it's pretty healthy. Now that's what I'm talking about, Derek Wetmore. Oh, man. <laughs> Get in the holiday spirit here on the Touch em All podcast. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know how you come back from that. Uh, you don't, actually. You just, you don't. Funny, uh, I, I can tell, Phil, and... This is not a criticism because, of course, it's, that's that's just great. You can't really top that. Uh, funny that you guys mentioned in there that the twins were wildcard shopping. Yeah, that, what did you mean? Yeah, that song was a little outdated. <laughs> uh, we do have a new track off Songs by the U-Log Volume 2 that encapsulates oh Miguel's 2016 season. Okay. So I welcome you to check that out on Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN, the videos tab, YouTube.com slash 1500ESPN Twin Cities, or the Mackie and Judd Show page on Fifteen hundred ESPN.com. So, Is that enough uh, shameless promotion? There's yeah. There's that's a lot of plugs. You should have seen my video this morning. It was mostly plugs. More and plugs was, than Pat Sajak. <laughs> I was, I was answering some questions in the interim while plugging myself. But the curious thing to me, and we'll get into Miguel Sano fun conversation here. But you recorded that with your colleagues last year, uh, Dave Harrigan and Judd Zolgad, and the record company gave you a volume two. Oh, for that's sure. the part yeah. that I can't get over. Oh, that, we are borderline going platinum here, uh, or is it? 
it might be something less than platinum. It might be more like copper. We're going copper. Here's the question on this episode of the Touch Em All podcast. Uh, happy holidays to people. We are between uh, Christmas and New Year's as uh, we're posting this on a Tuesday. Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano at two slightly different places in their developments and their careers. Miguel has already hit a bunch of home runs in his first couple of years. Buxton just started to break out offensively at the end of the year. As you look long-term, let's phrase it this way. If you could pick, and now Miguel is the more surefire thing right now just because he's already hit some home runs. Yeah. And we'll see what position he plays. Buxton's more of a gamble. If you could only pick one to be on the Twins franchise going forward, so you had to, you had to kick one off the island and you could attach your wagon to the other one, which one would you choose and why? I don't think there's an easy answer to this question, and it sort of depends on what kind of gambler you are. I think if you are the kind of gambler that says, man, in the era, here's what makes it interesting, in the era of super teams, which I think you're starting to see in Major League Baseball, Dodgers, Red Sox, uh, there are more, I think you really have to go for it. I I don't know that it can be like a well yeah we got a ninety win team and we're gonna we're gonna be a ninety win team for the next four to five years and maybe in one of those years we'll get lucky. I just think you're gonna run into like the Boston Red Sox in the American League Division Series and suddenly you're a uh, you know huge underdog in that series. You could still win, of course. Baseball's weird. Sports happen, randomness and chance and all that. But I think that you're going to start to see, Phil, teams really wanting to load up in go-for-it years. And if that's the case, I think you take the higher upside player who, to me, is Byron Buxton. I think Buxton at his peak versus at Sano's peak of what they could be if they reach their full ceiling, Buxton's the better player. But on the flip side of that coin, if you just if you want to be a 90-win team, if you just want to be in contention, if you want to win the American League Central a couple times in a row, Miguel Sano is closer to the finished star. I mean, he doesn't have to do very much with that bat to be a star if he's even close to league average third base defensively. And he can play 162 games or close to it. I I mean, he's more, he's more of a sure thing right now. So I guess I'll turn the question on you. Do you like to gamble, Phil? Uh, I do have a gambling background, yes, but I was always a conservative gambler. I was I only gambled in uh, in things that I thought I had an edge in. So sure. that would be poker and some sports betting, but not not a lot of sports. Betting. People would say uh, I was in. You did poker. I did some blackjack. I played a little bit of poker, but nowhere near to the level you did. And people are like, ah, I just I don't have the stomach for gambling, and I never really viewed it as gambling. It's, in, it's investing. Yeah. If, if you know what you're doing at the poker table, it's over the long haul. In the short term, it's a gamble, of course, because yeah. there's an X percent chance that that anyone off the street could beat the best player in the sure. world. In one session, Chris but. Moneymaker won a bracelet. Right, so I I think if I'm looking at you know how do I leverage my current assets to go for the biggest strike, I think Byron Buxton is the biggest strike. He's the biggest potential home run. Miguel Sano has has some Miguel Cabrera potential there, but I'm going for premium positions first and foremost. Sure, I don't think you can win a World Series in today's game, and maybe even ever. But and there's there's probably some anomalies, but. I don't think you can win a World Series if you don't cash in at the premium positions. Look at the teams in the World Series this year. Look at the Chicago Cubs. And by premium positions, I mean mostly up the middle. Catcher, second base, shortstop, center field. 
And then even third base, if you can get some great defense at third base or one of the corner outfield spots and then elevate the level of your pitching, uh, center field. The Cubs bring back, um, why is his name escaping me? Um, Fowler. Uh, Dexter Fowler on the, the short-term one-year deal, and he's one of the better center fielders in the game, all-encompassing. They have at shortstop one of the best fielding shortstops in the game in Addison Russell. And then, of course, um, Francisco Lindor with the Indians yeah. at, at shortstop. So, and, uh, so with the Twins, I think Byron Buxton and his potential upside at a premium position in center field is worth the gamble that he might not pay off because you can find a third or a first baseman, and let's be honest, Miguel Sano, probably a first baseman long-term. If you look at Major League Baseball players sorted by wins above replacement, this is a, kind of an inexact science because war shouldn't be taken as gospel. Mike Trout, center fielder, number one in the league. Chris Bryant, third baseman, number two in the league, MVP in the National League, worth eight and a half wins above replacement. Then you get Mookie Betts, outfielder, Josh Donaldson, third base, Corey Seager, shortstop, Jose Altuve, uh, Manny Machado. I, I notice how I haven't listed a first baseman yet right. or a DH. Mm-hmm. Positional value is so important in baseball these days. Not to say that Miguel Sano would be irrelevant if he played first base, but uh, the Rockies, for instance, went out and signed Ian Desmond, who can play center field at a pretty high clip. And even shortstop, he's been good defensively at times. One of the better offensive players in the league at those positions. Well, they're going to put him at first base. And I know they have a bunch of other good positions. They have, they have third base locked down. They've got uh, three outfield spots locked down. Well, if you put top-notch offense at a premium position, it's worth so much more, especially in today's game. If Buxton emerges offensively, it's, a, it's an absolute no-brainer. Now, if Buxton becomes uh, Melvin Upton Jr. and kind of hits 230 for the next decade and hits a few home runs and steals a few bases but never becomes a superstar and Snow becomes a superstar offensively but plays a non-premium position, it's more of a debate to me. But um, long answer longer, I'm gambling on the premium position because if you don't go down that path, you're probably not winning a World Series. So I, I would choose Buxton. I, I guess that's the argument, and I'll circle back to I'll put a pin in something you said, and that has to do with the Chicago Cubs third baseman real quick. But But before I do that, there are a couple of tentacles off this because – what you just mentioned, we kind of glossed over it, but it's important. If you're asking me the question, which somebody did this week, which thank you, reader, that uh, turned into a podcast episode, uh, asked me on my Facebook page, who's more important to the long-term sustainable success of the Twins? And I think it's complicated because one of them, if it doesn't go well, is a fourth outfielder. And one of them, if it doesn't go well, is a cleanup hitter. At first base. The downside of Byron Buxton is so much significantly lower than the downside of a Miguel. You'd call his second season a step backward, as I did in a column. I'm doing the 2016 review of a couple of, I don't know. I don't want to put a number on how many I'll do because then I might not live up to it. Things happen. But like 10 to 15 Twins players from 2016. And I did Sano. He was one of the first ones I did. And I basically said, yeah, this is a bad year for him. And a bad year for him is still above average offensively. You're still taking the 25 home runs. You're still taking the on-base percentage. Even with the walk rate going down, the strikeout rate going up, the OBP going down, all of these problematic things that you'd look at it on his face and say, oh, yeah, he had a worse year. He did. And he's still a worthwhile player. You want to have him in the lineup. Buxton, when he has a bad year, 
you don't want him in the lineup. He's a negative value player. Do you think people overreacted to Snow's bad year? Yes. Oh, yes. Because I do too. That was the that was the point of the piece. It was, hey, look, I'm going to put a finger on this and say Miguel Sano had a bad year. And then I'm going to put his bad year in context with other third basemen, other DHs, other first basemen, other outfielders, and say, Miguel Sano's still a star in the making, and he's 23 years old. So let's let's pump the brakes on all this. I I get why we want to criticize him, because there's this perception that he's not trying as hard as he could, and maybe he's not making himself into what he could become. All right. I could sit and listen to some of that argument, but to say he's a worthless player after some of these developments in 2016, nah, not going down that path. Yeah, and, I, and if I remember, I'm, this is off the top of my head, I don't have his career numbers in front of me, but Justin Morneau broke onto the scene in like 2003 and hit, yeah, look, if you could look this up for me, I think he hit 18 home runs in a partial season, or 19 home runs, and then this might have been 04. I think it was 04, or 03, 04. 2003, he only had 115 plate appearances where he hit four home runs. Okay, and so, then he had 300 plate appearances where he hit 19. So there it is. Okay, that, that's the number. Season. And that was in 2004, you said? That's right. 05 and then the beginning of 06 were sort of down portions for Morneau. Beginning of June of his now fourth year in the major leagues of 2006, he became an MVP for the next handful of years until the concussion in 2010. That's right. So I think what happens is... These guys are are facing the best pitchers in the world, and they will expose time and time again your swing flaws until you make the adjustment. So even though Sano had a bad year last year by our expectations, he still hit a bunch of home runs. Yeah. He still drove in some runs, and um, that was with crumbling infrastructure around him, a hitting coach that got fired, although I don't think Tom Bernanski was a cancer by any means. But look at all the things. Hitting coach fired. General manager fired. All of these, all of these other players around him, not contributing, it to the point where they lose 103 games. He, so just the infrastructure was terrible. Not to let him off the hook for his own. That's right. You know, lose a couple pounds, take more pride in your fielding, mm-hmm. and all these things. But people pile on really quickly and make judgments pretty early on players in all sports now. Way, way, way too early, in my opinion. And don't forget, this gets forgotten. I'll be honest, I forget it from time to time. It's not something that registers with me. Miguel Sano lost a child recently. You remember that story from spring training? And it's like, I can't even begin really to empathize with that. So I tend to, you know, we don't include it in the baseball discussion. But who's to say that that wouldn't also impact some things? I think think the point that I wanted to circle back on Chris Bryant is that you just listed the top two guys in, was that Fangraph's war, I assume? Yeah. Um, So the top two earners in Fangraph's War, and like you said, I don't treat that number as gospel, but it's a good indicator. It's a navigator. Yes. It's a a decent guide for for value. It's a roadmap, and you should go take a look at the road, too, before you figure out which path you want to take. And that's kind of the argument, right? If he could play, if Miguel Sano could play third base and he could play positive value defense at third base with that arm and his, you know, actually fairly agile first step for somebody that's built like an NFL lineman. Uh, This changes the conversation to me because then suddenly you're talking about, I mean, not Chris Bryant necessarily, but you're talking about a five, six, seven, eight win player in Miguel Sano. And I think that's Buxton's upside. I don't think he's going to be Mike Trout, but could he be Andrew McCutcheon? Sure. I think he could look here are his September numbers. I pulled them up while you were talking about Morneau. 
Hey there, Matthew Collar from 1500 ESPN. If you've ever wondered about all the stats that get thrown around and which ones tell us the truth about sports, I've got a new podcast for you called the Sports Analytics Department. A new guest every week that digs deeper into the numbers on football, hockey, baseball, and more. Go to 1500ESPN.com and subscribe on iTunes. Byron Buxton in September. Hit 287 with a 357 on base percentage. Wow, it was that high in September. And 653 slugging. Remember, he hit all the home runs. I remember him getting hot in September. I don't remember it being like that. He was a superstar in September. For the month of September, Byron Buxton was a superstar. Now, here's the difference, is that Sano was a bit of a superstar in his rookie season just offensively. He didn't need to add defensive value. And then if he takes away defensive value, like let's say a Miguel Cabrera, you know— Listen, these are lofty comparisons, but let's just, for argument's sake, talk about them. Would you rather have Miguel Cabrera's career, or would you rather have Mike Trout's career? And I'd rather have Mike Trout, ten times out are you of ten. Saying, uh, are you saying the the five years of Mike Trout, or, sure. the, or the 15 years of Miguel Cabrera? Or what no, 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 no. Career for career, you get one of the guys build a franchise around. To me, it's Mike yeah, Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout, for sure. But Mike Trout's not a winner because he doesn't play for winning teams. Well, that's not his fault. <laughs> it's because his teammates suck and yeah. the front office makes bad decisions. There's only so much you can do about bad infrastructure. If the Angels don't watch it, Mike Trout is turning into the the early career Alex Rodriguez when he was on the, the Texas Rangers and one of the worst teams in baseball in the early 2000s. And there's A-Rod on an island putting up MVP numbers year after year. He did win one MVP award in Texas, but he was the best player for three years, enhanced, and he even admitted sure. that in retrospect. Sure. But, um, yeah, Mike Trout, far and away the best player in baseball the last handful of years, and not a lot of uh, October run. Right. I think that if you boil it down to that, the conversation becomes easier. You say, yeah, I'd rather have Mike Trout because Mike Trout provides defensive value. I know he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but that's like <laughs> the – the only bad thing you can say about Mike Trout. He's just he's a superstar of superstars. And the hope for the Twins has to be that Byron Buxton can become some percentage of that. Super strong arm, great range, getting better defensively as a center fielder. I think he's a gold glover right now, and he's not going to get the recognition if he strikes out in 50% of his plate appearances. But if Byron Buxton starts hitting like he hit in September, he's going to win the gold glove this year. He's already that caliber fielder. So the hope then becomes he becomes this sort of player and gets the bat to come around just like it did in the minor leagues. It's not this yeah. isn't hoping against hope here. This isn't, you know, praying to whatever god you believe in that he can eventually learn to hit. This is if you're the Twins, hopeful that he translates the numbers he put up in the minor leagues to the major leagues. Which is far from a sure thing, but it's not like you're. It's it's not like a wish. You're, you're just sure. praying that it happens. This is also uh, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I'm losing track of holiday time here. I think it was whatever. A couple weeks ago, the FSN town hall, live town hall, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and they were asked something about the 103 lost twins. You know what? That's a lot of losses. What? How do you start to pull apart all the problems here? And Thad steps up and he says, actually, we don't think this is a 103-loss team. There's a lot of teams that they fire their GM and they're making changes and they lost 100 games and it's the end of an era and you're just in full rubble mode and you're starting from scratch and you're just trying to put 
dishware in the cupboards, You're right? The Atlanta Braves stripping it to the studs. Yeah, and the, or the Cubs a few years ago. Sure. You just don't have a farm system, and you have to. St- the White Sox don't have a farm system, so they're just starting over. They're trading everybody. He said, "We think this might sound crazy, but we think instead of a 103 loss team, we think it's better than that." You're not just starting over from scratch, and offensively, at least, you could you could nitpick some of the pitching and the cupboards there. But um, because of all the reasons we're talking about, what if the light bulb did go on in September for Buxton, and he's now something closer to that for a full season, and you get 650 or 700 plate appearances of a guy who's an offensive force and a Gold Glover in center field? Yeah. Well, that's between six and ten extra wins above replacement. He was like a, a win and a half last year, so an extra yeah. you know handful of wins above replacement. Well, what if Miguel Sano plays a full season and uh, is no longer run out there to a position he's not comfortable with in right field, and that's worth a couple extra wins above replacement? And then all the other players we haven't even talked about yet. You could pretty easily see, without any massive overhaul changes on the field, how instead of 103 losses, maybe you're actually starting from somewhere closer to 500 uh, in terms of expectations. So I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that notion. Here's the difference. They're two different players. They bring different sets of value. But I think you're just based on the evidence we've seen, because I didn't do extensive scouting of these guys. In the Maybe you did. I, I could be wrong. But I didn't do extensive scouting the of these The only scouting I've done is, uh, is carbon sugar related <laughs> the last few weeks. Uh, to me, Byron Buxton has already shown me that he's a gold glover in center field. And in September, he showed me that the minor league numbers he posted weren't a mirage, that there's something in there, that he might be that guy. Miguel Sano has already shown me that he's a middle-of-the-order slugger, and if this breaks right for him, I've already said this on the radio, so I can't back down now, he's a Miguel Cabrera-type bat, if if everything breaks right for him. that's but those, are, those are two really lofty statements. Buxton defense, Buxton offense, Miguel Sano offense. Here's the sort of elephant in the room is we haven't seen proof that over an extended period of time, Miguel Sano actually is a plus defender at third base. I've heard people say, for sure people in the Twins are saying, he can be a league average third baseman. You know, we had the play-by-play guy for the for the Chattanooga lookouts on our show a couple okay. of years ago. On the on the radio show, yeah, I remember that. And he and we we laughed at him on the air when and we didn't we weren't trying to disrespect him. We just didn't expect this. Said, so, "What does he look like defensively?" And I was expecting, well, he's kind of a hack. And he said, "Honestly, guys, I've been watching baseball and doing play by play and covering baseball for decades. He's Brooks Robinson at third base." And we're like waiting for the sarcastic punchline, and he goes. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I've never really seen a stronger is. arm, and I've never seen a guy range the way he does. That's right. Now, he was much lighter then at yeah. third base than he is right now. And he might be now. No, he said— He's uh, back down now? He says he's trying to get back down. He's working out in New York. Let's see how uh, Let's see how he gets through the holiday season. And His agent, Kyle Thousand, t- yeah. t- told Paul Molitor that. Yeah. Somebody asked—they uh, brought back the old Ron Gardenhire quip, right? Somebody asked Thad Levine, are you— confident that Miguel Sano is going to show up to Fort Myers in shape or might he show up in a shape <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ron Garnhire said that about Jose Mahares I believe Mahares, that's right. I was in the room for that one that's pretty good that's yeah, a good Jose, line uh, what kind of what kind of shape is Jose Mahares in Ron well he's in a shape <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good hey line. Paul it's it's Miguel's agent Kyle Kyle Thousand you know Miguel's been given a thousand percent. Yeah, you guys love that one. Season. I'm going to turn your mic off while I finish my point. 
Uh, the the thing is, and if we take that scouting report for whatever it's worth. I'm not trying to denigrate that assessment. I think that yeah, he's shown flashes. He makes that barehanded play a thousand out of a thousand <laughs> times. Hey, call me. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Barreling in, and he makes that do-or-die charge barehanded play on like a bunt or a little squib down the third baseline. He makes that about as well as anybody you'd expect. It's incredible for somebody his size. You want to know what his fielding percentage is going to be? About a 1,000. Yeah, I figured you were maybe okay. going to tell me. He does make some defensive plays that make you say, whoa, hold on, there's something there. And then he makes seven errors in his first eight games at third base, and a pop-up hits off his head in Rochester. That can't happen. And my old joke is, like, you talk about a sports player or team being inconsistent for long enough, you've just run out of code words for bad. And so we have to figure out if Miguel Sano is actually going to add any value at third base defensively. But to circle back to the thing from 20 minutes ago, if you're having to choose between potentially Mike Trout light, Andrew McCutcheon level player, or Chris Bryant— well, that's a really hard conversation, and this is a fun debate to have. Right, but yeah. you have to be pretty sure that Sano would be a plus player defensively, which is the only reason I'd pick Buxton here because I'm not so sure that's the case. Sure, um, and I, and I yeah, and if you're kind of tweaking the argument, you're yes, it, I am. Mike Trout light or Chris Bryant? Well, what if it's Mike Trout or Chris Bryant light? Then sure, you're choosing Mike Trout. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe it winds up being a good problem for the Twins to have. Um, and while you and I are both optimistic about Miguel Sano going into 2017, he did have a really bad run there of negative publicity and the weight stuff and played right field and mm-hmm. was kind of a hack at third base. It was a rough 2016 in a lot of ways for Miguel Sano, and I have the perfect song to play for you, actually. Oh, weird. Yeah. I Did know you commission been, this from his agent? You've been pining for another song by the U-Log encapsulating the 2016 season of Miguel Sano. Jolly young Miguel Sano, please put down the plate. 16 hot dogs is enough for you in one day. Spring training is coming soon. Now, my dear young man, your diet should be more than just Pringles from a can. We expected you would lead our ball club in home runs, but we found you in the mall at the Cinnabon. Right field wasn't good for you, that was plain to see. But it doesn't help us when your weight begins with three. Here's Jeanette, another well-hit ball in the right, but Sano misplaces it, and it's going to go all the way to the wall. Jeanette on in the second. And perhaps an example of the working progress defensively for Miguel Sano. Maybe try a vegetable, a carrot stick or two. Protein is a healthy choice or a piece of fruit. Ploof is gone so you will find your home at third base. Fielding round balls cleaner with a smaller waist. Happy holidays, Derek. (laughs) Go 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.